0: Heart in the, in the mouth, kind of thing. Um, because we came in separate cars because Taryn was doing some pre um, celebration uh, practice of a dance. And so they came early this morning, and I decided to come in a separate car. And it came time for me to leave. No car keys. So I thought, well, where's the spare? And I went and looked. No car keys. So I phoned my wife and I said, do you have the keys? And she went silent. (laughs) Because she had all three keys (laughs) with her. (laughs) And uh, I I sort of felt something of, you know, in 1 Thessalonians, uh, it talks about Paul saying, we, we long to be with you in person, face to face, and but Satan hindered us, you know. So I thought, I, I guess I could run all the way here and make it, or, but uh, she sent Bridgie Howell to rescue me, so thanks, Bridge. Um, But it, it truly is a, an incredible privilege to be with you, and even though I start with just the funny nature of you know, four kilometers away, being hindered from being with God's people, I think there is a real reality that we've got a a spiritual enemy in dark forces, Satan and his cohorts, that are desperate to prevent the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ from being received in people's hearts and minds and lives. And uh, this morning, the, the topic that I'd like to really bring is just that we are co-workers of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so, we're in a series of the book of 1 Thessalonians, and um, it's been a fascinating series to be hearing the nuances and to be hearing the insights and, and experiencing something of the heart of God for a local church in an influential city, a port city that is destined to make waves and to make an impact in their world, not only just locally but beyond. And so a port city that influenced the nation with the love of Jesus uh, is the, the idea of 1 Thessalonians. And it's this idea that the irresistible church of Jesus cannot be stopped. Uh, there's something around the, the people of Jesus, his church, making manifest the kingdom of God where they are and into the nations. And and so it's incredibly encouraging because Paul probably only spent a matter of weeks, maximum a few months, with this church in Thessalonica. Uh, he It talks about he was there for three Sabbaths, and it, there, there's whole reason why, but whether it's weeks or months, friends, that's not very long, is it? Uh, And yet, what we see, and we're going to read a portion now, what we see is that something gets gripped in the heart of this church that finds its way out into influencing the world. And uh, I wonder what that is. What could it be that, having heard and been in the proximity of Paul and his colleagues, Paul? Paul Silas, Timothy are mentioned in this book. What, what is it that having been with these people could result in them imitating the church and going out and being and representing this very life? What could it be and i 'd like to suggest that the answer lies in the text itself so why don 't we go there we 're going to start with um Just reading a portion from 1 Thessalonians. By the way, Brandon did an outstanding job last week. If you missed it, I really recommend that you get it because what he really did was lay such a beautiful foundation in the context of where this book was written, what the heart was, what was Paul trying to say, and his conclusion was really around a father who, who, who truly loves people will go to absolute lengths to ensuring that they get this life. So by the end of this sermon, preach, communication, whatever you want to call it, I hope, and it's not like, ooh, I wish, I hope, I have hope in the fact that you will know That the gospel of the kingdom of God is about receiving something. It's about repenting, turning from something to someone. It's about realizing something, and it's about replicating something. And so let's go to 1 Thessalonians 1. We'll go from verse 2 to verse 10. It's always tricky to know what to leave out and what to include. This, I would love to preach on this whole book all at once in one sermon, but it's best not to do that. But I'll allude to a few things here and there. So, it says, we always, we give thanks to God always for you, for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, the version might be slightly different, that's okay. Mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Work, labor, steadfastness. Work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope. Very important. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. I ask the question, what could possibly be the reason that a, a group of believers could Receive Jesus and within weeks or months have something of an impact of being the effective church to beyond them. Well, I believe that the answer is because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Now, friends, this didn't happen outside of a context this didn't happen because it got zapped into them or beamed into them. Imagine if you could plug into a, a, a software system and then just download everything. And then from then on, you absolutely are perfect. Now, we, we know that that's not how it works, right? We know that the gospel of Jesus uh, is not just a simple thing of, well, now that I've received, hey, let's just shoot me now because it's done. Right? I can go to heaven. Hey Have you ever wondered that? Why doesn't God just take people after they've you know confessed Him as Lord? So it begs a bit of a question. What is the gospel? We do know that the gospel is the power of God for all people unto salvation. We know that The gospel is the good news. So what exactly is the gospel? When does salvation happen? These are important questions. So all this is happening in a context of incredible power with the Holy Spirit, with the sharing of the word which is Jesus, and in the modeling of a community. So, if you were to think of salvation, what comes to mind? It's a really important question. Many of us will understand salvation in the sense that when we come to believe in Jesus, We are saved from the peril of our sin, from the death of our sin, which separated us from God, and we are given eternal life with Him uh, because of His sacrifice. Something like that. You might look at John 3.16, and you might say, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever... Faith believes in him will not perish but will have what eternal life. So, very often people believe that that is the beginning and the end of it, which in some instances it is, in some ways it is. But if you're like me, you might have fallen into the trap of thinking that whew. Thank you, Jesus, so much for what you did, your sacrifice, because there was no way I could possibly be with you. I could not even be in your presence. I know my sin. I know the darkness of my heart. I know the depravity of my life. I know my thoughts. I know, and you know these things even more than me. And I know that only perfection can be with God, and therefore, it was only a perfect sacrifice because you made a way by modeling the sacrifice that could put the blood on. And then the blood allowed me to come in. And Jesus, you did that for me so that I can have eternal life. Okay? If you like me, you think something like that. And then eternal life comes when I die. Hands up if you think that that's maybe true. Okay? Not, not so confident. That's okay. Well, I'll tell you, I thought that. I thought that eternal life is something that's beyond earth. Which it is. Because eternal life, Aeonius Zoe, or Zoe Aeonius, is not just live forever. It's not just life after death, life after earth. It's also this idea of living forever, eternally. And so... This idea of eternal life, man, one day we're going to just experience it when we die. One day, man, when Jesus comes back, we get to f- receive our eternal life. Now, all of this totally is true, but I'd like to just go to 1 Timothy 6:2 as well, just to help us rattle our thinking a little around eternal life. So it says this, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. There's, it's the same word, eternal life. Now I'm being encouraged to take hold of it. How do I take hold of something that can only happen when I die? It's not possible, unless I think that I have to die first. So, friends, This idea of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom cannot be squeezed into a momentary confession. What we're experiencing here is that we get to take hold of something that we've confessed. So Romans talks about if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Now that is absolutely true. But if it's left at saved is one day, then I may miss out on the completeness and the fullness of what the gospel really is. And so, if you think about a a big timeline, um, some people think left to right, some people think right to left, some people think up and down, depending on what language you speak and what language was taught to you. When I think of a timeline, I think left to right. So I'm going to pretend that your left is this side, and eternity past all the way to eternity future, uh, it's hard to imagine, right? Because we only have an understanding of what has been recorded. So we could talk about from the start, the Genesis, from, from the beginning. Now we know God actually goes beyond that. We see in Colossians 1 that He, from Him are all things, to Him are all things. We see in Revelation that He is the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha meaning... At the start, the beginning, like an A in the alphabet. And an omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. He, there's nothing beyond Jesus at the beginning and at the end. He is eternity past, eternity future. Okay, so we're on this timeline now, right? So where exactly is salvation on the timeline? Romans 10.8 says, What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So is it at the point of confession? So on my timeline of eternity past, An eternity future, maybe the cross is somewhere over here 2,000 years ago, and here we stand right here, right now, in the present. And what Romans is saying is if I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and I confess with my mouth, in other words, there's something of a receiving and there's something of a proclamation and a confession that He is Lord. It says that I'm saved. Is that true? Absolutely, it is true. But what about the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world? We see this in Revelation 13, 8, talking about, which is sort of in the future, talking about the, before the foundation of the world. So Jesus, and by the way, this was then prophesied in Isaiah 53. So if you think about the lamb slain, before the foundation of the world, from here, it's about way further than here, right? Then, Isaiah 53, Isaiah prophesies exactly the same thing. He prophesies, actually, in Isaiah 61, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And Isaiah 53, he talks about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. What? Gospel, okay? So the gospel starts getting revealed throughout the past. Then comes Jesus himself, John, let's see, John 1, okay? And the word was, so in the beginning was, so now he's talking about the beginning, but here's Jesus talking about, in the beginning was the word, and the word was? God and so is it Jesus talking about in John 1 he talks about the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world actually behold that was John talking but it's talking about Jesus now here Jesus is or is it perhaps maybe at the point of the cross Jesus says it is finished is that where the point of salvation comes Or is it where we hear the the information and we confess with our mouth? Is that when salvation comes? Okay. It's more complex than just a single moment, isn't it? All of those answers is true. And the gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news of this whole story found in Jesus Christ. And that is why It can take weeks or months only. For somebody who has received the gospel, they have repented of their death, of their selfish own ambition. They're walking their own life, being the king of their own life. They've turned towards Jesus, the life giver. They have realized that they get to partner in the gospel with him and therefore start to live out and imitate and model something of that kingdom because they see the hope of the king returning. So is it slain before the foundation of the world? Is it the cross? Is it the moment of confession? Is it when he returns? The answer is yes. So let's go back. In Ephesians 2.8, it really gives us a sense of the idea of the gospel that it is more than just the fact that Jesus has made the way for us, which is really what we call grace. The fact that God, uh, in his infinite wisdom, knew He created the earth and he created mankind, Adam and Eve, in his image, to be with him and to be image bearers of him. When they sinned, something of a death took place. We we know that that is a sense of their spirits died and were completely separated from God. We know that that outworked in their thinking, the way they responded. Suddenly, the way they could approach God changed because of the deception, because of believing the lies of the serpent. And that outworked itself into the behavior, which then manifested itself in the outcomes of sin, such as murder, such as hatred. Um, And there was something of a curse that unfolded because of that separation. And so in God's infinite wisdom he knew that he would need to make a way and so more than just forgiving people because by the way do you know that you're forgiven do you know that you're forgiven he provided mechanisms to show people a model of what his heart was throughout this the 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 old covenant the old testament we see this idea of man pursuing and trying to reach God, pursuing and trying ongoingly, trying to be perfect, trying to live up to the standard of his perfection. And we knew, we, we see that that fulfillment was in the cross where Jesus, who was perfection, became sin for us, that we would become the righteousness of God. Of God. And the reason I'm saying this is because without the whole picture, just the parts alone don't tell the full story. We, we've got the privilege of looking back throughout history and seeing and hearing exactly the heart of God and realizing that all of that is completely fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So I'd like to go to Colossians one, and we're going to read from verse fifteen. in all creation, under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. And so God in His infinite grace provided salvation that was not just something of a a salvation that my soul, my spirit is now saved, but also something of an idea that we are able to become like Him. We're able to become just like Him and even more than that, partner with Him in bringing the same good news into creation. And we get to participate with Him in that. And so, if therefore salvation is this grace of God, um, just the riches of, of God at his own expense that is freely given it's 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 grace because we are saved by grace through faith so this this idea of it's what god has provided for us but it's not enough just to just to that god has provided it he he gives us everything and we receive it through faith you see it is possible to miss the grace of God if you do not receive it. It is possible to reject what God has made available. It is possible to have partial knowledge of What Jesus has done. And yet. We don't come into. The fullness of the life of God. See many of us. Are are living with a partial gospel. Many of us are living with an idea that. Man Jesus has done it and. I've, I've got my. My ticket to heaven. Which is only a small part of it friends. So salvation is the grace of God provided for us by the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus was his life and his return, which is received by faith and is lived out in an expectation of perfect fulfillment. So if it's by faith, how does it happen? If the fullness of the grace of God is available to us by faith, how does that happen? Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's the logos of Christ. Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh in, in our earthly understanding. It is the very word of Jesus, John 1. And so this idea in Hebrews 12.2 says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So how does faith come? Well, it's only through Jesus, through his word. But guess what? That can't happen in a vacuum. Actually, it can. He can do that. He can do it all on his own. Uh, There are stories of people receiving Jesus without any other any people's intervention they have dreams they, they they search they 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 come to know him in person they come to experience him and they they give them their their lives over to the Lord so it can happen in a vacuum in god's in in his economy however God has chosen to partner with us in bringing his word and so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ that's romans 10:17 and so i'd like to just provide something of an idea that god has a partnership with us in mind in bringing his revelation to the world isn't that amazing God has something of a partnership in mind with us, his church, in bringing the revelation of his gospel to the world. And so, God's been speaking to me a little bit about how would water get to me without a container? Right? Right? Nick, can you bring me that cup? How would the revelation of Jesus get to me unless it was in a container? Now, it's not so much important as to what the container looks like. It's what it's made of. The question is, is it containing sufficiently and being provided for someone to get the benefit. In Mark 2.22, it talks about no one puts new wine into an old wineskin because if they do, it will burst and the wine will fall on the ground. Is this cup gonna fulfill its purpose? No. So without getting too technical about wine and wineskins, we know that there's a process where wineskins stretch and they get ready to transfer wine. That's how they used to transport wine. It was just their container. And uh, it was really just the purpose of it was to bring the wine and carry the wine and give it to people and that was it. And so if God's got something new and he gives it to a container that can't adapt and receive it and stretch and become the container in which it needs to be, then it falls on the floor. And so I believe we are all containers. And I'm so grateful that we're all different shapes and sizes. I'm so grateful that we are all unique that we have been created in His image. We're all containers, but we've been, we've been created unique and different. And sometimes, friends, we get really stuck on the presentation of the container. Sometimes we really try and copy, try and conform ourselves to be something we're not. God's made you to be you. He has made you to be a container of the revelation of His good grace and good news. Why? So that people can receive it. Say to yourself, I am a container of the revelation of Jesus. One more time. I am a container of the revelation of Jesus. Jesus. At least you are if you've been renewed, if you've been saved, if God has the revelation has has come into you, you've received Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, the word became flesh, dwells within you by his spirit, then you become a container. And guess what? It doesn't just happen. Now I'm perfect. Now, yes, I am perfect. My spirit is perfect because I am the righteousness of Jesus because he became my sin. It's true. But there's a working out and a walking out of this. So, let's then, through this lens, read 1 Thessalonians From verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you, in, always for you, constantly. Mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power. And in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators with us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia... And Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us, the, concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so, where we started was this idea that we receive, they received the word, they received the gospel, this idea that they repented, they turned away from their wicked ways, they turned away from serving idols, they turned away from the things that were taking them into death, they realized That this gospel is outworked in faith, it's outworked in labor, it's outworked in love, and they and they replicated something of that. They imitated. Friends, you might be sitting here thinking, I will one day be worthy and equipped and skilled enough to preach the gospel, to be an evangelist. Evangelion, good news bringer of the good news, you, you might have been fooled into thinking that you need to have grown uh, to a certain level of sinlessness, and that you might have to perform certain things and know a certain amount of Scripture before you can be a bearer of the grace and the revelation of Jesus. Friends, that is absolutely false. The enemy has tried to convince us that we actually have to go and do things and be things and attend things before we're able to bring the very life, the very revelation, the very grace, all the fullness of which is in Jesus Christ, to bring it to people. Trevor. Welcome, Trevor, everyone. Trevor just shared something with me earlier during the worship. Um, Morning, all. You know, when we praise and worship the Lord, things happen. I've always heard the saying, God will never forsake us. But this time, I didn't hear it as words. It was in my spirit. And I heard, I love you with, I can't remember the exact word, but astonishing, unbelievable love. That wasn't in my ear, that wasn't in my mind. That was in the spirit that God said those things to me. And it's not because of me, it's all because of God, Jesus, who died for us on the cross and gave me life again. Thank you. Beautiful. That's the demonstration of what that Thessalonian, uh, that Thessalonian church caught doesn't have to take years and years and years, friends. What it takes is being a receiver of Jesus through His Word. That Word comes through the Logos. It, is, it comes through Scripture. It comes through community. It comes and it gets empowered by the Holy Spirit. When, when the Word of Jesus, the person of Jesus is brought to people, it gets activated and set on fire by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't take years. can take just weeks. And so some of you are thinking, my cup's got some holes in it. That's true. And it's not that as effective as it could be. That's true. The beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus is it's more than just a moment. It is a process. The Japanese have a beautiful art form uh, called kintsugi. And wh- wh- they take broken containers, in this case it's pots, jars, and they repair it with gold so that it can fulfill not only its original purpose but become an incredibly beautiful, sought-after, priceless work of art Not meant to stay sitting on the counter or in an art gallery, but meant to contain and to receive and ongoingly receive and to repent, meaning I become like you, Jesus. And to work it out unknowingly. I don't really know how, Lord, but like Trevor, I can just share with people what you by your spirit have given me. And, and that we are therefore replicating. Trevor, you teach someone to do what you did, please. Okay? This week. You will? And it starts by, where did it start, Trevor? Worship. What is worship? I, I get to give him the glory that is due. And wow, he's, he likes to give me his spirit, his life, his affirmation his love, and then I get to activate it, and I get to proclaim that he's coming again. We don't have to be perfect friends, just like the Thessalonian church. It may not be easy all the time. There's much conflict. Uh, We live in difficult times. The gospel of Jesus actually is most revealed in difficulty. Why? Because it's with full joy, and it's in the Holy Spirit. And all we need to do is say, God, please fix my my cracks. I repent. I want to be just like you. But I also want to be faithful. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Jesus. Well, if you read a few verses before that, it says, how will people hear? How will they come to faith unless they hear? How will, and maybe you could bring it up for us from Romans. 10. I'll just read it. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they're zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Receiving, repenting, realizing, and replicating. This cannot happen in isolation. We're the partners of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Paul's asking that I pray for us. just read Romans 10 and it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Verse 13, it says, Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I believe that there are people here who need to call on the name of the Lord. You've never done it, but you're hearing and you're receiving. You're willing and open. Your heart's ready to take that. And then I believe there are people here who verse 14 applies to as well. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful of the feet of those who preach the good news. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will bring the revelation of the fullness of the good news of your grace, the kingdom of your grace and of what Jesus is, who he is and what he has done and make it come alive in hearts today. Make it come alive, Lord Jesus, right now. I pray that those who have never come to receive you will receive you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. And I pray that we all, would be willing, Jesus, to receive ongoingly what you have poured out and are pouring out. And it starts in an intimate relationship of worship and receiving as sons and and daughters. And I pray that there'll be an activation, God. That no more will we hold back from providing the revelation that you've so freely given us to others. No more will we allow... The deceiver to hold us back. No more, Lord, will we think that somehow we have to attain something before we can actually be effective ministers of your gospel. We break that in the name of Jesus. We break that in the name of Jesus.